Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. His eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. You know, the look it was giving me. Welcome to Bigfoot Hotspot Radio, Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm your host, Wes, along with my brother, Woody, and researcher, author, and friend, William Jeffy. Let's start the show. I just got off the phone with this guy from Australia, Jamie, and I'm going to have him on the next show. I mean, this guy has a hell of an account. He, uh, he's been a long-time listener. Really, really nice guy. And his right. account, uh, well, I'll wait to have him on the show to tell his account, but he's got a pretty good account. I mean, the guy, is, he's got an area where it seems, it almost kind of seems like the same type of area that me and Woody were at. It seems like they're coming down off this ridgetop. And I'll have to, I'll have, to have him on. He's a pretty interesting guy. He's a real nice guy. And he's got a really cool account. And along with that show, we'll have a police officer. I'll probably change his name and his location for his identity purposes but uh yeah. it's another interesting account they did like a finding bigfoot thing he was out banging on trees and he was doing his oh, best, yeah. uh, bigfoot calls yeah and he got a big surprise yeah he got a big surprise they were uh they were they ended up coming in and uh he just did it mainly he wasn't really a big believer in it he was just more or less entertaining his kids and uh, it was all fun and games till one, not only one showed up, but several showed up. Uh, and it, it was a terrifying account when when I read it. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk to this guy. But um, like I said, it's all jokes. It's all fun and games. And until you actually see one, until one actually shows up. And a lot of people sure change their tunes on. And I don't mean mm-hmm. this police officer. I just mean I, I was talking to Jamie. And, 
you know, a lot of people were giving him a hard time and he's always trying to get them to go up to the spot with them. And I was telling him the same thing, you know, it's all funny games, people, you know, it's all jokes until, uh, <laughs> until one shows up. Right. I'm telling you, you play fire, you might get burned. You're out there banging on trees and doing calls and you, you, you never know. I mean, one, <laughs> one might actually show up, you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, if it is just for fun and games and one does show up, then what do you do? Because, you know, especially if it's someone that doesn't really, I don't know anything about this officer, but if they didn't believe in it to begin with, and they've not only got to deal with the sudden arrival, but the reality that they exist on top of it. So you're double dose. Yeah, one thing I found fascinating about both of these accounts is the fascinating part is they both talk about this gibber. I know the, mm -hmm. the police officer talked about that and also Jamie talked about that. It's almost like they, he, both of them, it's, both of them had said they, they heard this, um, almost like another language, like Russian or, and it's real fast and they, they, mm -hmm. they can tell it's, it sounds like two people talking, but they can't quite understand what's being said. And I think that's something I'm going to start looking into on this whole gibber that you, you tend to hear from, from people. Yeah. I'm really interested in that. Um, ever since I first heard, you know, just bits and pieces of the Sierra sounds, I, I know that they're probably talking about a different, different type of, I guess, gibberish, but even in that, you can hear it sounds like a back and forth conversation. One's mad, one's, one's not, and it's really creepy. And I, I never, in, in my encounter, I never witnessed anything like that at all. Yeah. No, and I, and I didn't either. You know what the sounds, what's odd about the, this gibber that you hear, the only part about the Sierra sounds I've always kind of had a hard time with, and I've interviewed Ron Moorhead, and I mean, he, I think he's as honest as they come. I, I don't think he has any reason to. Right. Usually you can smell it a mile away, and, and I just don't sense that about him, that he's, any of this is made yeah. up. But the hard part about the Sierra sounds, if you listen to the first CD, it sounds mm -hmm. like monkeys gibbering back and forth. If you listen yeah. to the second CD, it sounds like almost like another language. It sounds like people. It does. And that's mm -hmm. the only part of that Sierra sounds I've always had a hard time with. Why is CD one this monkey gibber, and why is CD two sound like people out there talking? That's, that's always been my question. The the one thing I couldn't understand, you know, how did it change from? There is no comparison to the to the first. Recording in a no. second, and there's none. Yeah, there's none. There's none. I don't mean to go right. off on the Sierra sounds. It's just people report this gibber, well, and I'd sure like yeah. to know what it is that they're hearing. Is it like the Sierra sounds on CD number two? Right. I'll, we'll have to ask both these guests when they come on. I'm curious. To, maybe I'll play the sounds for them. I do. That would be great. I think we ought to do that. Yeah, and just see if it even compares, right. you know, to what, what they heard. But I was telling Jamie to be careful out there. Those Yowies, they, um, I'm telling you, I've heard way too many bad stories about those Yowies. They seem to have bad attitudes, worse than what we have here in North America. They seem to have worse attitudes and be more aggressive. And um, See, I have to admit, I don't know nearly as much about them. I, I'm starting, you know, to read a little bit lately, but I don't know diddly compared to what, you know, I know on the subject here in America. Yeah, they seem to be a little bit more quick-tempered. They seem to be a little bit more violent. They seem to be more prone to uh, aggressive-type behavior. Uh, Jamie okay. hasn't experienced that from what he was telling me, but, oh, well, 
don't know about that, but he, it not as quite a, as aggressive as I've heard some encounters. I mean, some of the encounters out yeah. there, you're just like, Jesus, man, these are like monkeys on steroids with bad attitudes, you know? <laughs> exactly. I, I just, from the things I read this last week, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much like we hear about, you know, some of the, the dog face type, you know, down in the south, uh, even more so. They're just not scared of much from what I'm reading. Yeah, and, and I had uh, another guy from, from Australia send me these dogman tracks. These tracks are pretty, I mean, God, they're, they're pretty good tracks and it does kind of, I, I disagree that it's a, actually a half man, half dog out there running around. I still think it's a primate. Oh, yeah. Agree with me or not. Exactly. But the tracks, yeah. the tracks kind of do look kind of in between what you would see a Bigfoot track and kind of what you'd picture mm-hmm. a dog. It's a real weird looking yeah. track. It's funny. Do you uh, do you ever watch After Hours with Richter? It's weird that you said that because I just watched uh, a little bit of that this afternoon. Was that the one I posted mm-hmm. on Facebook? I want to try to catch a couple others. Yeah, a lot of people in the Bigfoot community don't like Richter. I don't. I, I don't know if it's because he's gay or <laughs> he's a little flamboyant. Right. He's actually a really nice guy. I've talked to him several times on Facebook. Uh, and really? he's actually, yeah, he's actually a really nice guy. I actually like Richter. He's he's pretty, he's a pretty funny guy. And he's actually a pretty, um, just a genuinely nice guy. He, he really is a good guy. Yeah. And I actually like yeah. his show. If you actually watch his show on YouTube, he puts a lot of effort into the show, into the editing. He does it with uh, Tammy. She does the, the sweet, fancy mm-hmm. glass. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they did that interview with uh, Todd, uh, Staff Sergeant Todd Ness when he was over yeah. in Oregon. And the place that they're actually talking about, so people who haven't seen this episode with Richter, basically he interviews this Todd, I think it's Ness, forgive me yeah, Todd if it's Todd or your last name. But he, so the, they were out, the Army Corps of Engineers were out blasting away at this, it was private land, it's, it's a lumber company's land. And they were blasting away at the hillside, and they had three different spots that they were blasting away, doing training exercises. He ended up seeing three Sasquatches. And not only did he mm-hmm. see it, but four other soldiers saw it. But if people get a chance, go check it out. It's After Hours with Richter. Great interview. Yep. Great witness. I'm kind of jealous he got to him before we did. I would have I would have loved to. And I'll probably still ask him. To I thought on. the I same thing. Yeah. Love to have him on. He yeah. did such a good job That's- at describing describing what he saw and no and right down to the you know just talking about that 25 seconds you can just really feel it that he is so genuine when he's telling that story tammy was asking him you know did you guys not have binoculars i mean she was asking a lot of the same questions i would have asked Mm -hmm. and uh i really liked a lot of it i mean he he didn't budge one bit he just answered the questions and he wasn't uh it was a good interview so our first guest is john John sent us an email, and he's had a couple different encounters with Sasquatch. Some of them, you know, there weren't sightings, but uh, he wanted to talk about some of his different experiences that he's had with it. After this, we'll have, we'll bring Tandy on. Tandy's got a hell of a story. <laughs> She's got a hell of a story. That's a great story. But before we get to Tandy, let's bring John on, and let's hear his encounters. I was looking through the different encounters that you had sent us, and I was wondering if you kind of go through them with us on a, on a chronological order. I was pretty fascinated by 
the different experiences that you had and wanted to have you on the show and and have you talk about it. And so with okay. that, I was wondering if maybe you could start at the, the first experience that you had. I believe it was around September. I think it was 1976. And the only reason I say that is because my sister, a friend down the street, and I were doing a long jump, and I think we were imitating what we saw with the Olympics. So I'm guessing that's that's the year it was. We were doing the long jump in the backyard. It's about 5 o'clock. And that's, you know, dinner's around 5.30. So um, my friend takes off. My sister heads in the house. I continue to practice the long jump in the backyard. We had like a stick and then a string, and you had to try to clear the string. You'd move the string out further. To the east of us, I lived on a crossroads, so to the east of us, there was a street and then this really super thick woods. They were thick for the first 40 feet. After you got past those 40 feet, you could you could start to see things and make your way through there. Anyway, I'm running and jumping. About the fourth or fifth time, I run and land on the ground. There's this enormous roar. That's the best way to explain it. They came out of the woods, which I'm estimating it was 40 to 50 yards from me. It was super loud. I just remember, like, um, I mean, the the sound was so loud. It, it felt like I was a tuning fork. It just vibrated through me. I looked in that direction for a second. I did not see anything. I didn't want to see anything. And tears just flooded my eyes. I mean, I'm thinking I was eight years of age at that time, and the house was maybe 20 yards from me. So I ran as fast as I could toward the back door, and I remember my focus as a kid, and it's so, it's like plain as day. I remember saying to myself, you know, the storm door that was on our porch, you had to push this button with your thumb as your index fingers went through the handle, but I had a habit of pulling the door, and then it felt like it was locked without pushing the button, and I was telling myself, don't mess this up, you know. Make sure you get that door open, because I really felt like I was, you know, didn't have a spare second to live. Um, Made it inside the house was crying, and my sister was there. For some reason, my parents were not home, and that was very, that was not, that hardly ever happened. They had to be in the next town doing something. I don't know what, but um, I got in there and screamed Bigfoot. I mean, it was so loud that um, that that just spontaneously came out of my mouth, and I had never heard a Bigfoot sound before my experience or knowledge of Bigfoot, and I'm not exactly sure if Leonard Nimoy and and search of came on in 1976 or not or before or when, but that's all I think I knew of Bigfoot at the time. Yeah, it's interesting. Was it a roar? It was like a lion's roar then, or what kind of a roar was it? To me, the best way to explain it, and um, it it sounded like um, a roar of a lion, but it had like this depth or girth of like a elephant. Yeah. It was just it had a vibration, and you. You've been around people that have those cars that vibrate, you know, with the bass. I mean, it shook your clothes. I mean, it felt like it shook your yeah. me. I've heard that before. I've heard that roar before. And I heard it from a way farther distance than what you're talking about. And it still shook me. And I, when Woody and I went back up to the spot, I know I've told this before, but we heard it sounded like a lion going on, like just a lion's roar. But it, it was almost like, like you said, like you could almost feel it as it hit. Yeah, you, it you could. It definitely got my attention, and it was loud. To my knowledge, I don't know if anybody else heard it. I kind of dismissed all this stuff because I was pretty, you know, shook up about it. My mom told my brother. My brother, had since he moved out of the house, experienced outdoorsman. He loves to even hunt to this day with, a, you know, a bow and arrow. But um, he told me that was a deer. So being a young boy, 
looking up to an older brother, you're just like, oh, okay. And so I wrote it off throughout my, pretty much my whole adulthood. And I think it was probably, it was about three years ago, I started just, you know, putzing around the internet and, you know, you're like, wow, there's a lot of information on here. And I think I typed in Bigfoot or something like that and started to um, read reports and read a report about, you know, Ohio and of all places, because that's where this happened. I couldn't believe that how many reports were in Ohio. And I'm like, this can't be. That's what triggered that whole memory to come back into my head. You start reading other reports, you're just like, wow, could this really... And that's the thing that's hard for me to really grasp, is that this really could be in a small town. I lived out about a half mile outside the city limits, but it's still hard to believe that that could happen. Now, um, you know, you start thinking about why did that thing roar at me? And that's kind of being presumptionist, or, you know, it's assuming that it was roaring at me. It could have been roared at right. anything, because like I said, it was a crossroad. It was, you know, it was shortly after 5 o'clock. That's probably the busiest time that road is going to be, in my opinion. And we did have some apple trees. Um, there were two um, really good apple trees between me and where that roar came from. And to my knowledge, I rode my bike all the time as a boy. And I don't know if anybody else had that many apple trees within a mile radius. I'm, I could be assuming a little too much, but I, I would say for sure for a half mile radius, I know that for sure. But, I mean, it could have been you know, hungry and just eager for me to go in or there could have been something else that happened on the street that I wasn't even aware of. Or I think the war is an aggressive, I mean, I'm theorizing, but I think it's an aggressive, um, you know, like a go away or, you know, kind of see how big and bad I am. Yeah. It's funny, I was in a, uh, talking about different noises that they make and we're, you know, a lot of people try and theorize why they make different noises. And I was in a, uh, uh, working in the lumberyard and I was in the warehouse and it's loud in there. And so there's four mm-hmm. clips running back and forth. And it was kind of funny. One of the guys, so to get what they do to get people's attention in the warehouse is they go, whoop. And I asked <laughs> one of the guys, I said, is that a Bigfoot thing or why are you guys doing that? And they, and they just kind of looked at me puzzled. Like, why do you think that's a big Bigfoot thing? That's just what we do to get each other's attention. And so, yeah, you know, it's funny. kind of a, some of the things, you know, maybe mon- monkey see, monkey do. It's not so hard to figure out why they make different noises. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the whoop is kind of like, hey, I'm over here. I, it's so funny you say that. Tangent. No, it's funny that you say that because I, I, I live in Southern California now, and surfers will do that with each other. Some have, they have different noises, but if you're dropping in on someone else that's surfing, they go, whoop. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. I just totally forgot about that because they're letting you know, like, hey, that's my way back off. Anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the guys in the warehouse it's to get each other's attention or, you know, because everyone's yeah. wearing earplugs and, and so they'll huh. across from the warehouse. You'll hear whoop, and I'm just like, "Why, why are why are they doing bigfoot calls?" And, they, and no one knew, no one had a clue what I was talking about. They're like bigfoot calls. That's just how we get each other's attention. I guess primates aren't well, too far apart. Listen to a lot of the sounds on YouTube of you know bigfoots, and yeah, that freaks me out. I don't want to listen to it. So I I just <laughs> I'm just like I back off and just I mean that's how. Afraid I am of any of the research. I respect you guys immensely for doing anything other than doing all, doing it all. Your experiences, I'm surprised you guys are, um, what would I say, um, institutionalized. <laughs> that would scare me. <laughs> I love your, I love your, I love your show and I love, um, it, I think I, I, I told you that it's, um, it's entertaining. 
it's intriguing, but it's it's therapeutic for me to listen and go, okay, okay. And yeah. to be able to share my story with you guys helps me to realize someone believes me because my wife thinks, okay, you're crazy. And I'm like, hey, I would think anybody else is crazy too if they talked about it. But when your memory's triggered from that, you're like, okay, this really did happen. One night, I was uh, just kind of, you know, I, I'm a heavy-duty sleeper. I've always been, I sleep so hard through the night, and as a kid, probably more so. But one night, I remember waking up, just, you know, filled with fear. I looked, filled with fear. I looked out my window, and my window was um, pretty high off the ground. Or not high off the ground. I was on the the ground level of this of our house. But uh looked out my window. My curtains were always closed, so the, the moon must have been out that night. But there was something that it felt like there was a mountain in front of my window. And it scared. And whatever it was, I was scared. And I'm guessing I was about the same age, maybe a little younger or older. I just don't remember. But I remember just hunkering underneath the sheets and, you know, praying because I was scared. Because at that moment, at that moment, I thought, man, there's something big out there. This is probably Bigfoot. I planted my foot on the ground and then hustled to my dad's room, my mom and dad's room. But I got down there, and I'm like, well, what am I going to tell them, you know? And I want to be a man because I'm probably in junior high age about that time. Built up the courage, came back to my room, and and there was nothing there. I remember just kind of – I turned the light on first, and then I turned it back off thinking that's stupid because now, you know, I've given away that I'm in there. You know, eventually pulled the curtains and looked out. There was nothing there. Um, I don't know. It's just so hard for me to believe. It could have been wintertime. I really can't remember. If it had been wintertime, I would have gone up there and looked at I know that. When you were looking at it, you said it looked like a mountaintop, like it had a peak? like it was a. Or just well, when you say mountaintop, are you describing something just huge? The best way for me to describe it is um, I'll give you the dimensions of the window to the best of my knowledge. It's, you know, the window seemed about like it was like four feet wide and maybe at the most, you know, four feet across, two feet down. And as a... And if you were to stand up to it now as an adult, I would say that the window seal edge would probably come to about your chest. So it was a high window that when you opened it, it, it just kind of um, it swung open a little bit. You know, every night I pulled my, my curtains. I didn't want to look outside. I was kind of afraid of the dark, I guess. The best way to describe it is um, there was only a little bit of light coming through the very top corners. So, yeah, it was kind of like almost like a mountain, I guess, is the best way to say it. Wow. a big triangle. Did you ever talk to your your family about it? Did you ever say, "Hey, something was at my window"? I don't think I um, said anything to my dad because I think at that time I was just, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, like a scared cat kid. So I kind of kept that one to myself because I believe I was in junior high. I don't know. I could have been a little bit younger, but never said anything. No, I probably should have. <laughs> when I start thinking about all this stuff, I start to get scared, and I'm glad I don't live in Ohio. Because I know I would be curious, and I would probably be um, trying to figure it a little bit more out. I don't. I live in Southern California, and I, to my knowledge, there's not a lot of Bigfoot action here in my neighborhood. So I'm happy about that. Now, going back to the, uh, this family farm, did you ever talk to? Have you talked to your folks since then, or talked to your brother since then, and said, "Hey, man, I have, I, there's some stuff going on." I, um, my dad, he is. He's passed away, but my um, my mom, I, I don't think I really brought it up to her. I mean, I really don't think she was um, – it would be interesting to talk to my dad, though, because I think he would listen to me. I should have. But I have talked to my older brother, told him about those you know, those experiences, and I said, man, I think you should really do some research. He lives in Utah now, and he loves to go bow hunting out in you know, 
in the sticks by himself. And I'm like, you really ought to think it through. And I told him a little bit about my experience. And um, I do have another experience in Southern Ohio I can tell you about. I told him that, and he was like, wow, you're trying to scare me. And I'm like, just be smart. That's what I told him. And I, you know, talk or listening to your show, one thing I don't know if you guys pat yourself on the back at all or something like this, but you've cautioned enough people, and I don't know how many listeners you have, but you guys may have saved a life or two just by creating a certain amount of caution for people that are ignorant of the subject or want to see one because for a while I was like, man, I'd like to see another one. But now I'm like, I don't want to. Appreciate that, John. It's, it's funny. Ramon and I were just talking about uh, on the next show, we're going to have this police officer on and they were out banging on trees and doing their best Bigfoot calls and just all, all in fun and games. And it was all fun and games until three of them showed up and circled their wow. camp. And, and uh, it's a crazy story, but, um, you know, just try and tell people it's it's not what I saw wasn't your friendly forest giant. <laughs> what I saw wasn't uh something we've messed around with by any means. I appreciate the kind words so very much. And yeah. we all appreciate the kind words. And the only other thing I'll say about uh, North Central Ohio and this town, I remember like about 10 years later, you know, you're out of high school and such, but um friends and I, we'd gather there in the summer and we'd camp out you know, at the northern end of this town. There was a uh, an eight or ten year old boy that he would he refused to camp out with us and uh, his name was Sam and I haven't talked to him forever but I remember him saying don't go in those woods over there at night and this was this is a this is at least two to three miles from where I lived he said there was like a boogeyman in there and we just laughed at him but his older brother was like no he's serious there's something in those woods he I mean we talked to him about that so it's hard to believe that something like that could even be migrating around Ohio because where I live, there's a lot of cornfields and then there's like checkerboards of um, wooded areas. So I don't know. It's, there's enough reports well, in Ohio that it's possible. Yeah, it can happen. I mean, I live in Kentucky and that's where my experience was mm-hmm. um, back in the 70s. I don't think we had the population that the Pacific Northwest does, but that it, it that absolutely happens from time to time. I don't know if we have an actual population or if it's migration, but yeah, we have lots of reports here out of Kentucky, and I know of several in Ohio recently. I have a question that you guys could answer. Has anyone done a lot of research on how the deer migrate in certain areas of the country? I mean, you could pick Ohio or Kentucky, but to me, that would kind of give you a clue to Sasquatch's food source, and it's an idea. I don't know of one. I, I do believe they're like any other wild animal that they're opportunists. Um, whether it be following, you know, the, the berries as they come right, they may hunt. I think that just depends on the migration of, of whatever food they're after at the time. I think I know where you're going with that, John. Follow the deer and you can follow the, the Sasquatch. Yeah. I've thought about that too. Yeah, I've thought about that too before. A lot of areas here in the Washington state, where you'll find a lot of deer, there's coincidentally a lot of Sasquatch sightings. So, I mean, you may be onto mm. something there. I think yeah. it's, there's a little bit more to it than that. I think that that's a big factor, though. I, I've definitely, it's crossed my mind, though. Follow the deer and you'll find the Sasquatch. But I think you got to have the water. you got to have the cover. Yeah. I'm convinced that they sleep on uh, up high on ridgetops. I mean, I'm, I've just heard way too many encounters of them coming off r- ridgetops at night. 
you know, it's not a bad thing to look into. I, I've definitely, it's crossed my mind before. Because, it, I mean, like I think every state, they have deer crossings. At least they have the signs on the road where deer happen to cross. So they, they figured that much out. But anyway, it's yeah. it's a it's a thought. The other, the very last experience that um, I talk about would be um, in southern Ohio. I mean, do you want me, there's a, there's a place in southern Ohio right off the, right, I mean, it's called Hanging Rock. Great mountain bike trails or motorcycle trails. And um, my friends, we would go down there first weekend of May every year because there were ponds everywhere and there were mountain bike trails and we would camp and we'd get lost and have a great time. And it just became a tradition to do this every May. We go there and we get there at night and we get our, our favorite site, which is in between two ponds on a ridge. And we're like, great, man. We got our spot. You know, we got there pretty late and there was nobody camping there, which was strange for us because there's always, there's always other campers making noise there and they're doing the same thing we're doing. Some of them have motorcycles, some don't. But anyway, have a good time, make our food, go to sleep. I don't know what time, but around 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. I'm not exactly sure what time it was. I didn't check a watch. I'm awakened by the sounds of um, large splashing sounds. I hear it, and I wake up thinking, all right, someone's down there fishing. But they're throwing something large in, into the pond. It just goes splash, and then there's just silence. And I don't hear any voices, so I'm sitting there thinking, well, no one else is camping here. What, what could that be? So I mind, I start to doze off to sleep. You hear a splash again, you wake up, and I'm thinking, maybe it's, Catfish. Maybe they're just jumping up and splashing, but I've never seen that happen, but that's what my mind's telling me. And then I almost doze off. Another splash happens. And so I start thinking, maybe it's bear cubs. I mean, I don't know. That's what my, that's the sound of the splash made me think it's a bear cub jumping in the, in this pond. It eventually stops and I fall asleep. And then, um, I don't know how long I slept, but I'm awakened by the sound of something sniffing going around the tent that me and my friend are in and then there's a there's a there's a Volkswagen van that two other guys are sleeping in. But the sniffing isn't like it isn't like dog sniffing, it's just like you know, a couple but I don't hear any big thumps on the ground. I wish I could say there were, but I don't I don't hear that, but I hear this hmm. and it just circles a tent, maybe um I don't want to exaggerate it, at least three times, maybe four. And my roommate Everett at the time, he's just snoring. And he's making a lot of noise. I mean, he's snoring, but I didn't want to wake him up. I'm thinking, whatever's outside is going to realize we're sleeping, I'm sleeping. He's, through, you know, doesn't know what's inside the tent. He just knows something's sleeping. So I'm thinking it'll pass by. It just keeps circling the tent. It's getting closer and closer. So as it's making what I call the last round, it's about at my feet, and it feels like it's about three feet from my feet. So I, there's a pocket knife about a foot from my shoulder on my left. So I, I'm reaching over for it. And as I get within like six inches of grabbing this pocket knife, because it's the only protection I got, I don't know what, what it is out there, but I'm thinking I'll put it between my fingers. If it comes to the tent, I'll punch it. And, um, you know, it, at least it'll feel a little stain, because that's all, that's all I had. Um, that was my thoughts. But as soon as I'm six inches from grabbing that, this thing is now about a foot outside the tent. I can hear it sniffing. It brings one big sniff, and it feels like it's about 18 to maybe, yeah, 18 inches from my face because it's like it's right there in, in the tent. That's all there is, and I'm laying on my back. It stops, and all of a sudden it just lets out this deep snarl, like like something like that, but it was deep. It didn't shake me like that. 
how, but it it woke my friend up. I didn't. I did not move. I was frozen. I don't even know if I breathed. I mean, I did not want to make a move because you know how sleeping bags make those little noises if you move just just the slightest amount. Yeah. Did it sound like it was coming from up above you at ground level there, or was it around? You know, was it like an animal that you would think would be on? All four legs crawling, or, or was it up higher than that? Could you tell from the sound? I would say it was about, I'm laying on my back, so my guess is it's probably about knee level. But it, it did like sniff right, like it sniffed right before I was just about ready to grab it. Like it knew what I was going to do. I don't know. And this is right after you hear all this splashing going on, right? Uh-huh. So what happens is it lets out that big snarl. I didn't breathe. My room, my roommate who was sleeping in the tent, he didn't, he didn't breathe at all. He stopped breathing. Or snoring, I should say. The thing outside didn't breathe or didn't snore. After that snarl, it just stayed. And we both, all three of us were like frozen for like 30 seconds. And then it started, it made a couple sniffs and then just left. Hmm. And so my friend and I just laid in the tent for like 15 minutes. We just wanted to make sure whatever it was was gone. Or it could have been longer. I don't know, but we lay there. Did you hear it? You know, as it as it walked away from camp, I mean, could you hear any footfalls then, or no, no? I mean, it, it, at that moment, I thought it was a, um, you know, a big wolf or something. My friend and I, we laid there, and I go, "What do you think that was?" He says, "I have no idea." But if we were wanted to hear what the guys in the van thought it was, because they could see out their van, and they never heard a thing. They kind of laughed at us. They were just like, "No, come on!" And we went looking for tracks, like either bear tracks or we didn't find anything. It was the last time we ever camped there. We never went back. And it was weird that no one else was camping there that year. I would have never, I would, it's suspect if it is Bigfoot, but I would have never linked it if I wouldn't have heard other stories of other people camping and they, they hear something splashing across the river or whatever it is and then they actually see it. And then they pack up right. and leave. But it's interesting. It's Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. It inter- it's very interesting for or a wild animal's behavior to circle the tent, keep sniffing, and then mm-hmm. snarl and then leave. You know, most wild animals, generally speaking, won't do that. And if they're going to do that, they're going to attack. They're not going to come in and mess around. Mm-hmm. But for it to kind of, especially snoring, you want to scare away a wild animal, have like a big guy that just snores. And <laughs> most wild animals will just scatter yeah. as soon as they hear that. Well, that's interesting. I chose to let my friend ever snore because he's the kind of guy that was just like I'm going to go out and see what that is and I'm just like I was afraid already because I was I heard that splashing that splashing was just like what is it well it's something that can well who knows I don't know did the, did the splashing sound like rock I mean I know it's kind of hard to tell now and probably even at the time did it sound like rocks or did it sound like something was jumping into the pond you know it just was big big splashes I mean it could have been I don't know. It just was, I, it was kind of far away, but they were loud. I know that. Well, wild animal or Bigfoot, it's unnerving as hell, isn't it? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Um, for my friend ever to be afraid was, um, a telling story because he's just one of those guys. He's not afraid of anything. Have you actually gone online to check that snarl out? See if you can pinpoint an animal that, because gorillas will actually snarl. And I've Uh, heard other people talk about, the snarl, a lot like how you described it. And I remember I went online and I found, I don't have one loaded up right here, but um, I remember I, I played a couple of them. It sounded like a gorilla, it was a gorilla snarl, 
and people said that's exactly what they heard. Uh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I have not... I have not gone online to listen to snarls. The Bigfoot sounds that I have heard, I just want to shut the computer off. I'm like, dude, that freaks me out. But um, <laughs> yeah. it does. You yeah. see, the the campers are recording it, and you're just like, what are you doing? Get out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember doing this. I I remember looking for tracks. Everett and I packed up. We were ready to get out of there. And I don't know how we bumped into a ranger, but we did. I told him, I said, are there wolves or coyotes or something like that up there? Because I told him my story. He's like, yeah, it was probably um, probably a pack of wolves. And I was just like, all right, man, it sounded big. I, I remember him telling that. And um, I don't have a whole lot more to share about that. I just, we never went hmm. back to camp there. I didn't want to. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even real comfortable in a tent anyway now, nowadays, especially after my encounter. <laughs> Knowing you're really in a tent, you're basically out in the open. I mean, that little thin piece of, of vinyl isn't going to save you. Thin piece no. of plastic on those tents aren't going to save you. But, no, um, I know that. That's why the, the thing that was the interesting is being in that tent. And when it was at my feet, I was like, it's getting closer. I'm going to get this pocket knife. And as I got within six inches of it, and I don't know if this is true, but if you're afraid, you, I've heard you guys say that when soft squats, when they're, um, if they're afraid or excited or whatever, they permeate that smell that is stink. I mean, can, as humans, do we put out a a smell of fear? I don't know. Or who knows? But I talked. Remember to talk to someone else, and they said, "Yeah, dogs can pick that up." So we actually put off pheromones. I think that's what dogs pick up on. Is that, like I said, I don't know about a wild animal coming up there with that snoring. I mean, uh, doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, it doesn't make any um, sense. It doesn't make any sense, but um, I don't want to go too far off the subject, but you guys have talked about the dog man, and I've never heard of that until I heard your show, and I was like, well, maybe it was one of those. I mean, I don't know, but I really like your guys' show. I just want you to know that. I think um, I don't. I haven't listened to all the other stuff that's out there. I was lucky enough to stumble upon your show and listen to it. Like I said, it's therapeutic for me, but it's still hard for me to believe that something like this could be roaming in small-town Ohio. Ohio's number two as far as sightings go. Yeah. Washington's one, Ohio's number two. So, but we appreciate you sharing it, man. Appreciate all the kind words about the show and appreciate you coming on yeah. and sharing it all. Mm. I like the chill music you guys put on between the stories. That helps me relax. <laughs> I'll Good. see if I can't play some for you. Keep it up because uh, <laughs> I could only take small doses, I think. At least I can. Well, thanks, well, thank John. you guys so much for what you do. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. You guys have a great week. You too, buddy. Everyone here at Bigfoot Hotspot Radio would like to thank Audible.com. Audible.com is the internet-leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 different titles to choose from. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bigfoot Hotspot. Next on the show, we have Tandy, and Tandy has a pretty good account. It's one I was telling you about earlier with when they're trying to leave 
in a motorhome and Sasquatch grabbed the motorhome. I'll let yeah. her tell the story, but it was a pretty uh, pretty fascinating encounter. Well, oh, hi, Wes. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I, I have Ramona on the phone with us. Oh, okay. Hi, okay. Ramona. Hi, Tandy. How are you doing this evening? I'm really good. Thank you. You have a crazy account when I read it. I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't wait, yeah. to, I wait to talk to you. Yeah, it was... Uh, we go camping every year with my grandparents at Black Pine Lake. We've camped there many times and brought dirt bikes and, you know, my uncle would go and a lot of people would go. Sometimes the people would come with us that, you know, were friends and we'd have like two campers, but this time it was just me, my sister, me, and my grandma and grandpa. And we took off and we went camping and I don't know how long we were there. And uh, we were playing by the lake. I think we were digging in the sand. And my grandpa started screaming because the camper was, like, not too far from the lake, but not too much in the trees. And he came around the truck screaming, and we were looking at him. And my grandma was looking at him. And my grandma was kind of behind the camper so she could see around the other side. And he was in front of the camper where the truck was, and he started screaming for us to get inside. He jumped in the camper, came out with his rifle. He jumped out of the camper. I remember that, cocking the gun and jumping out of the camper, and then yelling for my grandma to get us inside and lock the door. And then we got inside, and then as soon as she turned the lock, the camper started rocking, and... She grandma put us up on the top bunk in the back. These campers, they had like a window in the back and they had um, two bunks in the back. And she put us on the top bunk and put a blanket over us. And whatever was pushing the camper was right there where our faces were. And it was screaming. And our camper was rocking. And my sister was screaming. I think my grandma's arm was over us. She was screaming. And whatever was pushing the camper was screaming, <laughs> but it was, it it was, and there was a window and I, I knew there was a window there and I didn't want to look out the window. And I just, I remember looking in my sister's eyes and she was terrified and we just stayed under that blanket. And then the camper was being shoved into the, like pushed into the water and my grandpa started pushing forward and it felt like, we couldn't go forward, but then we started going forward, and then we went fast. We were, I don't know if you know fishtailing. Our camper was all over that road, all the way down this dirt yeah. road, all the way back. That was, and I, I I never, never remembered it until my kids are running around. They're 25 and 21 now. They were running around the house and just screaming, and my oldest one was pretending to be a monster, and I just... It just flooded over me. I remembered everything like a movie. And I thought, could this be real? And I can't be imagining this. So I called my sister, you know, and I was almost nauseated. I was so sick. I was faint. I was sweating. I was like, did this happen? She goes, wow. She said, I never thought you would remember. She said, I never thought that you would ever remember that this happened. So I never brought it up. And she said, yeah, it did. It did happen. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was crazy. And then when we got to, there's like a little 
I would say it's a little store. And then my grandpa pulled up there. He jumped out, started screaming for help. The guys were coming around, and he was saying, telling them what happened. And he showed them the camper where it was kind of beat in on the side. And I guess there was fingerprints. They were looking at the fingerprints, the mud where he was hanging on. I remember them looking. I couldn't see it because I was too small. But I remember they were talking about that. And I remember the, the talking about it, like, with my uncle and with other people. <laughs> it's been <Yeah>. exciting. <laughs> Just talking about it is exciting. <laughs> Did your sister actually see what was coming out? No. The... My grandfather saw, and I do believe my grandmother saw. But I, because I, my grandmother started saying, I think she started saying, Sasquatch, but she said it in another kind of way. I don't know. She she alluded to it. So I've always known since eight that there's they were out there. They were always there. I always known because that experience that they they're real and they were out there because they were saying bears don't push trailers, and the only thing that could have been was a bear. And they're not that big. They can't hang on to a. I mean, he had a big truck. And it was a big camper, and we were being shoved pushed and then the bears don't scream so can you describe the kind of scream was it more animal-like was it female-like was it i mean what did it sound like that you remember well is it so far back i just remember that it was loud and it hurt my ears because it was right i mean we were inches from it inches yeah because the back bunk was where it was hanging on to us, but it was higher. It wasn't like where our faces were. It was higher up. You know, you could tell it was higher up. It was big. Yeah. Big. Yeah. And it was a high, I would say high pitched. That's, it was a, that's what it I It was a high pitched. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what pissed it off. Well, I don't know. We were just playing i know we were doing a little screaming and my grandma said and she always said we are we had rules you know we are not to go out of the site we were to stay there and we weren't to go into the woods and we had rules when we camped there was very strict rules and we followed those rules they were but um i think because we were screaming and yelling i think we're fighting over something (laughs) as i recall When your sister, when you called her that day, all those years later, did she say what she thought it was that day? Oh, she knew what it was. Yeah. Right. She was two years older than me, and she would she paid more attention to what the uh, grown-ups were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And she always she's always known that there's been Sasquatch. She lives in Arlington, Washington, and she mm-hmm. <clears throat> she used to work in a bookstore and. Out by Darrington, where they had the mudslide, there was a lady who swears that they come in and they, they're they in her property all the time. I wonder what set it off to just come after you guys like that. And it's almost like your your grandparents knew what it was and they almost kind of, I mean, I guess I'm speculating. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't know, but it almost kind of seems like they were like a Sasquatch, get in the truck, we're out of here. That was exactly how it was. I mean, he knew. My my grandma instantly put us under a blanket. She hid us, you know. She and they just like he grabbed his his gun, and I I don't I didn't see what happened. I just know our camper started moving forward after it was rocking, 
started moving oh forward. God, no. It's it's something, you know, I, I think I just like blocked it out. I blocked it out. And I've always known that there's Sasquatches because like when we drive, we have family in Washington and Oregon, and you know, I always look in the woods. I always look yeah. to see if I could see one. Yeah, because I know they're there. I have no doubt in my mind that they're there. Do you ever remember your grandparents ever talking about this incident? Yes, they did it a lot. They talked about it a lot. It was they never went camping after that. And I don't think where we camped was a campsite. So we we didn't we never camped where there's a bunch of people around. We always had secluded campsites. That's how they like to camp. Yeah. I don't I don't there's no picnic tables. There wasn't, you know, there was everything that we brought. Interesting. Gosh, I just can't believe. Can you imagine the terror and the no. fear of this thing just going off and coming after? I wonder if you don't remember your grandfather's gun ever going off, do you? No, it didn't go off. I don't remember it going off. No. So when they would talk about the incident, did they ever, did your grandfather or your grandmother ever allude to the fact why this thing went crazy after them or crazy after all of you? Um. No, I did wasn't paying attention. I I, I know they talk, were talking about it, and I just ignored it. I know I just chose not to pay attention. But I think probably it was because we were in its area. I think we were in its area. We had to have been. It just charged. He saw it coming and grabbed his gun. I don't know. It was actually oh. it was a rifle. Well, I know it's speculation, but it could have been over a lot of reasons. It could have been a female with young. You know, it could have been a male hunting. I mean, you just don't know, but it makes a lot right. more sense that you're in a regular camping area, you know, that you right. were somewhere secluded like that. Right. That is an amazing story. Yeah, yeah. it is an amazing story. And I, I question myself, too, but... How would somebody who never had that experience all of a sudden remember that like a movie? You know, I yeah. wanted to be truthful, so I wrote it down, and and I wanted to share exactly step-by-step step what I saw happen because it yeah. did happen. Well, and your sister, when you called her, she knew immediately what you were talking about. So, Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. You know, I've heard, I've heard of them going off on these little rages like what you're talking about. Usually something sets them off. I mean, but he didn't like the camper. The camper was the was what he was mad at. It was blocky. It was probably, yes, he came out of the woods. It was right in the way because we had this clearing, and it was beautiful. I remember thinking, it's this is beautiful. And, you know, we were in his area. So I, don't, I don't know if there's Sasquatches there now. I don't know about the area. I you know, that's just the area in my memory. And I remember, I go, Carrie, what was it called? That's my sister. She goes, oh, Tan, it's Black Pine Lake. I go, oh, that's right. So I had to ask her where it was because I didn't remember where it was. Read that encounter or heard that encounter. It was on Monster Quest about the guy that was camping on Vancouver Island in his camper. And yeah. this thing, Sasquatch, shows up in the middle of the night and... It just starts rocking his uh, camper and it was yeah. rocking it almost like a 30 degree angle and then it stopped. Have you? No, have you I don't, I don't watch monster, I don't watch monster quest. I, I basically hurt my foot and I've been bored to death. And my son was just a couple, like a week or so ago. My son goes, Oh mom, you gotta, 
you showed me the YouTube, you guys on the YouTube, and I, I listened to a couple accounts. I thought, I want to let them know what happened to me because I do like your show. I have listened to maybe a couple of them, and I got on the uh, Facebook and was looking at your accounts, and I was reading, and I thought, this is so fascinating, you know, because I'm I'm, I'm waiting for my foot to heal, so I've been looking for something to do and yeah. that uh, yeah, why I oh, wrote you guys. Oh, appreciate yeah. it. It was an awesome account. Thank you so much for it for sure sharing was. it. I've been excited. You're welcome. To talk to Thank you, you and... for listening. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sharing. Definitely. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for listening and believing me because I don't know if oh, my I husband do. like Jimmy was like a raised eyebrow. <laughs> no, you know? we absolutely. I mean, this was an amazing account. I'm, I mean, amazing. So um, I really appreciate you, you know, coming on and telling us about it. Well, you guys have a nice evening. You too. That was a hell of an account. It sure was. I, I And at that young of an age, no wonder she tried to block it out. That is absolutely terrifying. And there's yeah. just no explanation for what happened to her, except Sasquatch. I mean, a bear is not going to grab onto the bumper, period. No. And, and scream like that? Uh-uh. Yeah. She had an absolute well, flat out mad Sasquatch. Yeah, you wonder what set it off. Gosh, oh I wish her grand, grand, grandparents were still alive. Imagine getting them on the phone. I God. do. Oh my God. I would love to hear what they had to say. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening and have a great night. Dear God, let me thank you for another day Been living life on the edge and I'm trying to break it I'm tired of ducking the bed, but it's a struggle to make it So this is your day, homie, now it's time to shine Paper players only just a week and wine and dine Stress free from the drama, better get your ticket Then come on, stress can't lie to kick it It feels good not to grind no more Don't get it twisted cause I feel her soul Maintaining it's trying to reach my goal Living life truly successful So that my little soldier never have to sell no dough All the cutties from the Coming home again, and we ain't trying to kill each other, cause brother, we all in. Beautiful black women give them much respect. It ain't no phone, twin the east and the west, it's just a play a holiday. Every minute of it. This pimp has been around since 
beginning of it. We barbecuing chicken. That's what we doing. Got some breezes and we're kicking the cap. What you doing? I'm just sitting here timing like a Rolex watch. I figure by now y'all realize that hip-hop and rap won't stop. Putting it together like a racing like track. Race Where's track. all my Latino, Filipino, and essay partners at? I know you feel me when I say that life's a struggle. With God first, y'all know we all can't help but bubble. So keep your head up and know that things are changing for the better. Talking about the youth, the little kids. Forget about you. Yeah. 